On July 4th, 1949, Daniel Fry had missed the last bus into the nearby town of Las Cruces from White Sands Missile Proving Grounds in New Mexico. Unable to sleep in his assigned quarters due to the heat, Fry ventured out into the desert night and took to exploring a path he had never been down. Soon after, Fry was confronted by what he claimed was a 30-foot spherical craft that landed in front of him and he was invited on board by the pilot who allegedly took Fry on a 30-minute flight from New Mexico to New York and back. New Mexico, being steeped in UFO lore and sightings, would be the location for another puzzling event 15 years later. A police officer would find himself at the center of a military UFO investigation that would go on record as being one of the few cases that could not be explained by the infamous Project Blue Book. This case file joined the theorists as they shift into high-speed pursuit of information and accounts regarding the Lonnie Zamora UFO incident. Theorizing Case File 268, the Lonnie Zamora UFO incident, or aka the Zakaro Z- Zakaro incident. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. I'm Andrew. Should really like maybe workshop these names before we start, hey? I did. You were gone. <laughs> you were stepped out of the room. I workshopped them all. Everyone gave a summed up. We won by, I won that vote by so unanimous. So you went with two decision. different ones? Why wouldn't you just go with the winner then? That's true. Right? I did. <laughs> That's I had, what I mean. Like, well, he's, he's, last on second a, I, he's on a habit now of just extending the intro. Well, to, so it's yeah. always nice to have a subtitle underneath your real, your title. I guess. Like it's something. Throw an AKA or something after yeah, that. You yeah. Hit, you gotta hit those algorithms. You he's, hit every yeah, he's still straight. under the impression that whatever he speaks will be searched by Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's S. What is it? SEO or whatever it's a optimization? Vo- vocal SEO. That's what you're going for. I yeah, think. optimization. That's what I'm. That's what I'm working on. Uh, this is an interesting case. This this the credit to this one goes to Andrew. Brought this one up. Uh, he wanted normally I would take the credit, but I've been getting a lot of heat for taking all the credit, so I better give some credit. Uh, Andrew picked this one. He actually wanted to talk it talk about it last case file briefly, and then it's, was like, no, 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 I don't. Bust. Yeah, he's like, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces. He's like, there's a lot of, you know, various parts. It's a good one. And it is. As soon as it you is. look at the Lonnie Zamora incident, fucking fascinating case. But like the interesting part of like the reason why we wanted to talk about Alaska, the Holloman Air Force, uh, our last case file, is because this was literally a year before that encounter and like a stone's throw away. Yeah, in the same vicinity. Yeah. To the Holloman Air Force Base. Coincidence? Or not. We'll find out. We'll find out. Tonight. On Alien Theorist Theorizing. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're listening to this on your morning commute. This (laughs) This morning. morning. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, this case, like Zell said, uh, took place a little bit year before the the Holloman Air Force Base uh, encounter was alleged to have happened. So this would have been uh, April 24th, 1964 at 5.45 p.m. 
exactly. Uh, outside of uh, near Socorro, New Mexico. And it's called the Lonnie Zamora incident because it involves the principal actor, police officer, Lonnie Zamora. No. Uh, who- uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> police sergeant, police Lonnie sergeant. Zamora. Yes. Police sergeant. Also, Lonnie little known factoid about him, though, but he's actually the, the uh, heir to the Zamora Cosmetics Foundation. My old lady buys fucking shit from there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the family. He didn't yeah. want to follow the footsteps of his father's father. Oh, once he retired from the ladies' cosmetics, yeah, he went to cosmetics. They fucking sold it. He's like, yeah, He's like, we got one in our mall. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I believe that's the, the correct chain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this entire encounter kicks off the nice, exciting, uh, speeding car chase as uh, Officer Zamora, so- sorry, Sergeant Zamora, was in pursuit of a speeding car outside of the town. And while he was in pursuit, he heard an over, uh, like over the his own engine, he heard a loud roar. Yeah, something, uh, something else that startled him. Like it's like a, a third, like outside of the vehicle not like it's not your vehicle making this noise it's not the other vehicle something else is around is making this noise and he's like super stink when he describes it too because he's like it's a roar it's not it's not a blast sound right like it's it's an actual roar and it doesn't sound like a jet because he knows yeah like he knows what jets sound like and like he this is such an intense sound that he automatically thinks that maybe the local dynamite shop the fucking acme Dynamite shop just went up. <laughs> well, right? I, I, I read it wasn't a shop. I thought, now, I had this question too. It said there was like a dynamite stash, or like, like stashes around the town. Is yeah, that where like, the coyote hangs out. Yeah. He's got a bunch yeah. of fucking dynamite. Well, actually, you know? actually, Zocoro, New Mexico, uh, prior to this date, was known for the world's largest stick of dynamite. Zocoro? Uh, <laughs> just combining them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what went on. Maybe. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, so he, he hears this loud roar, which is a, like to his, it's like a continuous kind of uh, gaining in sound and power uh, roar. And then he also, to his surprise, cites this, like, it, it's like a jet of flames that he describes, like shooting up from an area that was about southwest from the highway he was on. So, uh, like we mentioned before, um, his principal fear was that a nearby dynamite shack, a storage for for dynamite, had actually exploded, which is something that could is a very you know that could happen and has happened. Um, we talked about we talked about old um, when we talked about the one guy the, the the cave the guy who gets set up his cave with fucking dynamite. Uh, oh, the UFO German cave. guy blew the himself German. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was the um, what was that dome called again? Uh, the Integratron. Right? Sorry, the Integratron. Integratron. Yeah, yeah during the Integratron, yeah. we talked about the one yeah. guy. So, you know, I, yeah, it, it's just Hans strange. Like, 50s up. and 60s, it just seems like dynamite is everywhere. Well, I mean, dynamite, too, it, it doesn't last very long. Like, it weeps. Like, the sticks weep. Like, sure. the nitroglycerin. Yeah. So, I, yeah. maybe it's had this old... The old shack has been sitting there for 20 years and this there's fucking you know like a car battery all fucking bubbles up. That's the dynamite, <laughs> the dynamite inside the shack, that's what happened to it. And it's it just funny. spontaneously like you, combusted. Well, like Dan says, like, you know, the 60s, 70s, all about dynamite. When we're growing up, all about quicksand. Yeah. Every cartoon, yeah. I scared shitless. Quicksand. quicksand. Yeah, yeah. Was, right? It turns out quicksand's not very common. No, I've never seen. It. I, I don't think it's you're going to die as we were sold. Yeah, you. you <laughs> I don't. Is it like what is the global deaths of quicksand? I bet near zero, zero. probably. 
yeah. Times ago. Yeah. Because you can't even, well, you t- yeah, I mean, you can't even really drown once your body is submerged. You just kind of float yeah. <laughs> on it. It's like, you can't really. Just can't unless you just out. get stuck. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, dynamite so, will kill you. Let's be, let's be, yeah. the dynamite, good they had, that was a justified fear <laughs> uh, in this era. Uh, so Zamora using Zamora using his judgment, he decides to uh, let the the speeding car go. Uh, considering this other event of what it was going on, this uh, this roar and this blast could have possibly been something a bit more uh, danger. He judges as being it's, a danger to the public. He went to go is, check uh, this, this is out. Insane. Th- that, this is what we me, thought initially until we. Yeah, this is insane because tapes. I'm like, imagine that a cop he's following a speeder who's sp- in, he's in pursuit and the speeder is not stopping and he's just like. Oh, yeah, no, what, what's that over there? We got, uh, squirrel, uh, huh? Squirrel, oh, ooh, ooh, I better go to that crime over here. It's like, in what world would you just like be like, I feel like you would have, nor in a normal procedure, you would have radioed in and then been like, hey, we need to send someone else to this. I'm still in hot pursuit. But funny enough, I think we have the dispatch logs. I think I, so too. I think we have the dispatch logs. Let's, why don't you cue those upsells right now? All right, here we go. Socorro 2, the dispatch. Uh, dispatch, uh, go ahead, Socorro 2. Uh, currently uh, in pursuit of a white Bronco speeding. Uh, got the license plate for you here if you're ready. Okay, I got my pen ready. Um, go ahead, Socorro right. 2. Uh, Pango. Uh, Jesus. Hold, hold on, dispatch. What? Sorry. <laughs> 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 Was that first one jalap- jalapeno? Listen, hey, is uh, Jose working? Oh yeah, he is. Hold on, you yeah. want you want to talk to Jose? Yeah, go get Jose. Hey, Zocoro too. Hey, buddy. Hey. How you doing, man? Good. How's it going? Not bad, man. Just in pursuit here, real quick. I need you to figure this out for me, okay? I got license plate for you. Oh, go ahead, Zocoro too. Uh, Jalapeno. Oh, J. Hazos. H. Vanilla. V. 792. 792. All right. Got it. Okay. All right. Hold on. Stand by. Whoa, Socorro 2. This is dispatch. Uh, go for Socorro 2. We have a nationwide warrant coming out of Washington State for grand larceny. Whoa. whoa. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. Okay. Like, I'm pretty close to him. I'm, I think I'm going to maybe pit this guy. Socorro 2, stay in pursuit. Well, I'm doing. I'm Socorro close. Socorro 2, dispatch. What? We we are just getting another warrant out of Ohio for aggravated assault. Oh man, that's great. Hey, hey, you hear that dispatch? Hey, Zakaro two dispatch. Zakaro two, come in. Yeah, go. We have yet another crime out of Connecticut. Armed robbery. Stay on the car. Listen, dispatch. I just heard this really loud sound. Okay, and there's a light. It's pretty bright. I think I'm gonna go check it out. Okay. Zakaro like- two dispatch. We just found out that this person was involved. In an officer shooting just an hour ago. Stay this, on hot pursuit. Listen, dispatch, this bright this light is very bright and it roars. Doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard before, man. Like there's a dynamite shock. I gotta go check that out. It's Carl to stay on him. Officer Officer Hernandez is on his way. Oh man. I, He's in hey, hot pursuit. Dispatch 109, you're breaking up, man. I can't hear you. I'm gonna go Sec- check out this light. Socorro 2, there's kids. There's kids in the we've got reports of kids in the truck. Oh man, yeah. Sorry, I did. Your brain, your signal's not great, man. I'm gonna go. I'm in the Arroyo, right? It's kind of loud. Socorro two. Hernandez is on the scene. He doesn't know where you are. Where are you? Report. Socorro two. 
yeah, like I said, I'm at the shack, okay? Like, I don't, it's pretty, it's pretty loud. Shots fired! Socorro two! Shots fired! Woo! Shots fired! Uh, Socorro two, you're breaking up, I can't hear you. And that's pretty much how it went, I believe. It's an authentic audio recording <laughs> yeah. from that dispatch call. Yeah, spot on. The, expl- but, like, the really- explosions, you got to check it out. I understand. I understand. Okay, I understand the interestingness of like being like, hey, I think I saw an explosion over there. But you're in pursuit of this, like someone who's yeah, but, actively leaving the scene. Yeah, but it's just it, I mean, it's it, just speeding. It, it, who cares? It's a pretty it's Let a pretty go. small town. They probably they like he probably knows who these kids are. Supposedly they're teenagers. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's right? like, like oh, fuck them. Yeah, yeah, like whatever. Like, like how fast are they really going? Expl- and this is the explosion <laughs> too. Like <laughs> he's she's pursuing them. They're going fifty five in a fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like what if it, it's like, yeah, a yeah. slow day? It was like, a speed yeah, trap. Yeah. It was a speed <laughs> trap. Yeah, he's going five over. <laughs> He's like, I gotta get my quota today. <laughs> uh, so Zamora made his way down a narrow gravel side road uh, that he uh, he was aware of that kind of headed in the direction towards uh, where he had seen the the, the jet of flame and kind of zeroed in on the sound that uh, this roaring sound that was coming from. Uh, uh, that direction. So he, uh, as he drove down the gravel road, he reached a kind of steep hill, which uh, obscured his uh, his view of the actual origin of this, uh, what he described as like, it's like a smokeless and blue and orange tinted flames, uh, which he had actually cited. And he kind of like, these weren't just like your orange and black, you know, an explosion, probably something, a wood burning or something like that. It was something that. And he was basically off-roading at this point. Like he's like, he's, he's, He's full this isn't like, he, he's not like, oh, this is some forest service road. Like I'm following. He's like, he's legit. Like, just like, I'm going to drive up the side of this mountain. <laughs> and it's weird <laughs> to too, because the way he describes the flame, it's like a narrow funnel shaped, uh, bluish orange flame, like dancing. Like, it's like, where, where do you see that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like it, it's pretty rare. Like maybe like a, oh, I don't know, like a hot air balloon. Yeah. Like a gas, like yeah, a gas um, flame almost like, you know, yeah, kick on like or I, something like that. Yeah, that's um, interesting. So he 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 takes three tries, three attempts to make it up the this the steep hill of which his cruiser is at the bottom. Well, he's so he's kind of he's <laughs> getting up there. He's yeah. getting up there. He's putting the suspension to the test. For Socorro. <laughs> um, so now, when Zamora gets to the top of this hill and he sights uh, this object right it's it's he can, he can kind of see this like bright shiny object down in the the arroyo which is a, to most people who don't know what an arroyo is it is a dry it's pretty much like a dried up stream bed that usually is oh i thought like, you were saying oreo with an accent no. <laughs> <laughs> um it's usually like a seasonal it's kind of like a seasonal flooding stream that'll you know during the the rainy seasons will you know fill up but down there in this wide arroyo he has this um this shiny object. And at first he thought this was some type of uh, vehicle, like a, like a car had somehow like flipped over, uh, made it down into the Arroyo. Maybe it was like on fire or something like that. Like that's, that was his first Which initial I, thought. I would imagine it wouldn't be all that uncommon, right? I like mean, that something like that's that. kind of what your eyes would think, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I would say, I would say going into this scene, as you're trying to make sense of it, you would go to what you know the most. And so like for an officer like him, 
Like he's like, oh, it's some sort of, it's got to be a motor vehicle accident, yeah, accident or something. Well, obviously it's a car with a bunch of dynamite in the trunk <laughs> and then they rolled into the fucking, you know, yeah. and exploded. Everyone knows that in the 50s, 60s, maybe early 70s, it was pretty common to drive with a, like just a case of dynamite in your trunk. Just in yeah. case. So when you and did then, crash, yeah, I've seen enough 60s and 70s movies to know that Wait, if right? your car drives off any type of, you know, if there's any type of elevation change and your car goes <laughs> oh, over yeah. that, it's immediate fireball. Like, fireball. Yeah. Boom. like it's, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> dynamite in the trunk and your kid on your dashboard. <laughs> yeah. And they'll go, ah, they would have survived. <laughs> Had your it not been for the you know, case of dynamite. And your car automatically, sw- you know, within a frame change changes to a different model of car and uh, as you yeah. go over and you flip over Actually, five or six times and then, you know. Dude, let's, back in the day, with the, the way those vehicles were built, they were steel death traps. Oh, like yeah. fender benders and people were decapitated. Yeah. I mean, like, cars were just metal they're just, they were made machines. of solid steel. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, crazy. <laughs> things were heavy as fuck. And like <laughs> now you, you show up to car accidents and the cars are fucking mangled and the Shoot. people are standing outside hacking a dirt. Like, well, yeah, here's the fine. thing though. If you were to drive one of those old model cars now, and I think if you got a head-on collision with a, one of the cars today, Kill you would just literated. blow right through the entire car. You'd be like, literated. you would oh, yeah, like solid. nothing. It would turn it to dust. It would look like <laughs> Thanos snapped his finger. <laughs> You just yeah. keep driving. Just like a solid metal 8,000 pound car. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking, just, it would just destroy one of those unibody. Yeah. Like a new Honda cars. Civic? Yeah. Gone. Oh, boom, Dust. dead. <laughs> uh, so uh, Zamora, as he, as he gets closer uh, to this object, kind of walking along the, the, the mm-hmm. top of this hill, um, he sees what he reports to be a metallic egg-shaped object. And about, from his judgment, from the distance that he's at, he says it's about the size of a sedan, like a a large car. Um, So as he gets nearer, uh, even even closer, he realized that this object has a type of like an aluminum sheen to it because he, th- at this point, he's, he thought it was it might have been something chrome, might have been something like that, but he says it's more like an aluminum kind of like solid color as uh, opposed to like the shiny chrome, chrome. reflective yeah, color. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said that he could also see what looked like to be like four legs or struts reaching out from the bottom of this, this object that seemed to be supporting it uh, you know, hmm. on the, as it sat on the ground. Landing gear. Now, <laughs> and one of the, probably one of the more interesting details about this case is that Zamora reported that this object had some sort of strange insignia, some type of symbol uh, on the side, which he could kind of describe later as being a kind of, uh, he said it's like a, a side A, or like on the side, it's like a vertical arrow with a horizontal line beneath it, and then with a crescent-shaped line above it. And that's pretty much what he described. It's, can it's I like put a picture of, of it in the group for it, you, Zell, if you want to put it up? Did you? I can put it up here. Put it up. It's like, it's not too not that dissimilar from the ATT logo. No, no, it's <laughs> yeah, very it's similar. A, yeah, it's quite a little bit of a knockoff. We might have to report them, actually. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's in, trademark infringement right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. People who are familiar with our logo, like it does. Like at first, at first glance, I was like, is that our logo? <laughs> if, if you just like put a little, from the, the half circle the over top, I was yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's half at least. 
half of the logo is like it's pretty accurate. It's, it's us from the half. future, but Braden's driving. He's drunk. Smack crashes the ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There it I mean, is. Very, that, that's right? ATT logo. Look at that thing. And, but instead like, of the pretty, pretty close, move that line up top and, and just straighten right? it out. Straighten that line yeah. out, and it's our logo. Straighten that line out. Yep. Right? Is it possible that that logo was straight and then we crashed? And however we crashed, <laughs> okay. warp, warp the, top the metal. Line, right. This is our our logo evolved at some point. Just got you know. <laughs> um. So if it's getting rounder, just like us. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. If this encounter that's at this point, our, that's yeah. our logo after you know six, seven years of podcast. Too many arroyos. <laughs> uh, now, if that wasn't strange enough, seeing the this this strange logo, unidentifiable logo on the side of a metallic egg with four little legs on the bottom, uh, Zamara actually noticed another thing going on was that there were these two beans uh, that at first he thought they were children because these they seem to be in in comparison um like the, the way he could d- judge the distance and the size of the craft they didn't seem to be like average Big. height for an adult yeah um, well and then and like in his defense at a certain distance like if i saw andrew's kid i would be like that's a kid like you can just see by the frame, right? Like, well, yeah, the fucking fact that their head is like fucking a quarter, or more than a quarter of their body, yeah. right? Exactly. And then there's like <laughs> there's like fauna around too. Yeah. So it's not it's not like you're just seeing this thing of like of a background of white at a distance. You have there's markers around for you to like gauge perspective. So it's like I think this would be like his account of this would be accurate because I don't I don't think it's very difficult to spot like a child like you'd be like that it was the size of a child i don't think that's a hard thing to spot at you know at the distance that he describes being it'd be easy to well, see and he had his special yeah. glasses on too big coke bottles yeah the, <laughs> the green tinted glasses <laughs> um now with these with these two beans they also appear to be dressed in some type of white overall type of outfits um is what he described and that these okay. These, you know, he called them children or like uh, when they saw So him, they're fucking, so they're wearing osh gosh, bagosh fucking coat and <laughs> Oh shit, little seal, silver Halloween outfits from uh, <laughs> oh, And uh, so he said that they actually, that there, there seemed to be some type of reaction uh, by these beings uh, when they, they cited his car or his like him approaching towards uh this vehicle this uh this craft or, or this object and they said that they seemed to kind of jump in in, in either being startled no. or or afraid um when they actually noticed him now Zamora had stopped his cruiser near the edge of the hill that was overlooking the object and Zamora actually you know he had the he had the uh, you know even though he he wasn't sure what he was seeing he still had uh, he still had the idea to be like I, I you know what I got to radio this in he, so he, he, ra- he goes back down to his dial he turns his radio back on after turning it <laughs> <Yeah>. off <laughs> uh, yeah. got a signal again um, right, right down so, to the valley. <laughs> Uh, so he radioed back to his station uh, with the intention, uh, or, you know, telling them that I'm going to go check out a wreck down in the Arroyo because that's all he can really describe of what is kind of going on. Um, and so there are reports that when he radioed in that 
there was there was definite static interference and that there's like there I think there's some dispute as to whether his his message actually made it through or he was able to be understood as to what he uh like what his intentions were. So but after he radioed in, he didn't really wait for confirmation. He didn't wait for anything like that. He just proceeded on foot down towards the object until he was stopped short by the sound of another loud, low roar uh, that's, that started to be, that began to kind of permeate the air. Um, well, and, so, and some of the, like, some of the description is like, he could feel, like, not only it, he like hear the low roar, but like feel like the bass, like, like he felt it. And so Zamora says that he actually recalls hearing a, a metallic thunk sound. Um, and then this craft began to lift off the ground. And it, you know, by his, when he was looking at it, it, it seemed to be uh, that there was some type of propulsion coming out to the bottom in, in the form of a, a bluish flame that was projecting out of the bottom of the craft and seemed to be pushing it up. So, you know, combustion basically your basic rocket kind of looking like so, wait, wait, so, he, so he noticed the like the the hobbits the aliens let's say <laughs> but then the craft started to lift off did he just didn't see them run back in or where or were they like on i think in, he went to go back craft? i think he went to go back to radio in yeah, and then like, they were gone like they, yeah, were, they darted they back to the to the oval to take off. Like he, I think he, he originally like he walked up to the edge of that hill, like his cruiser had to look down and he had to look down in it and they saw, you know, they might've saw him and that's where he got, you know, he he got the, uh, well, they were startled, right? Like they kind of noticed him. They stopped what they were doing. So obviously they knew something was up. And and that's what he describes that he gets the, uh, the idea that they're, they, there's, there's a startled or some kind of reaction is, uh, elicited from them seeing him. Um, and so then he goes back to his car or he goes back to his cruiser and he radios in, he comes back, they're gone. He goes back, you know, he starts approaching the craft down the hill. He starts hearing this loud roar, rumbling sound. Uh, the craft begins to lift off of the ground. And so at this point, not really knowing what else to do, uh, he dives to the ground, uh, near his, I think it's like near his car and he runs back to his, to his cruiser and kind of dives to the ground thinking that something's going to explode. Cause what else are, you know, in 1960, what else do you think it's going to be except some type dynamite. of rocket, some type of yeah, dynamite yeah, rocket, something yeah, that well, and, and <laughs> obviously he's feeling the effects from whatever propulsion is like, it's hitting, like he's getting hit with wind and like heat probably. So it, it that's probably where that fear comes from is that he's feeling this, propulsion system taking off right so yeah he's like holy fuck like could you imagine standing next to a rocket and you're like that within 50 feet like i imagine as it started to go you'd be like it'd be face melting almost you'd be like holy fuck i'm in trouble so whatever the propulsion is of this craft it's much more you can you notice it rather than other ufos you know that seem to just float and hover silently and accelerate maybe a bit more rudimentary well maybe so maybe but Part of the thing that, you know, I was thinking that, you know, we kind of talked about it on the Silurian uh, hypothesis with Ben, um, is that like, is it is it a propulsion system or is what he saw the only way he could like describe it with something he knows would be to describe it, be like this, it was had to been because this, I, this is how I know things to work and yeah. this is kind of what I saw. Does that mean that it was a propulsion system or maybe it was some sort of like, 
you know, acoustic Some deadly death flame that they shoot out to melt. Right. People yeah. And like he, it's just, it was just blue. And he's like, it had to have been fire. I felt heat. I felt, I heard rumble and this is what I know. So this is the best I can explain, but it's really no science that we know and not the propulsion system that we think of possibly like that's maybe a, a possibility in this because to be honest, tradition, traditional propulsion like that does not seem like the best kind of avenue for, interstellar no, travel. No. It's not. It would not happen. Very true. It, it would take you, if you go with light years, like light years to get anywhere. Like it would take yeah. you forever. You, they, if you just direct line propulsion, just heat, fire up a rocket, going as fast as you can and just drift. Unless they're androids and they can drift forever and never... Yeah. never. <laughs> maybe eat. that's like their little... Maybe this is their pod though and maybe that's what they use to travel around Earth. Oh, like a landing, landing craft, yeah, like a rover. Yeah, right. And I, I kind of thought that too because I was, I was thinking that, you know, perhaps if they thought they were landing in the desert, or perhaps they've been here before, they're like, oh, we know that this is not in like a habitable spot, and then they land and they're like, hey, hey, you know, fucking selfies. Hey, look at us in the desert. And then all of a sudden they're like, fucking Lonnie Zamora comes over. They're like. What the fuck? <laughs> like, wait, they can drive now? Like, get, let's, we got to get the fuck out of here. We just broke all the non-contact rules. Uh, so uh, Zamora actually looked up from the ground. Like, he lifted his head and was able to watch the craft as he described it seemingly hovering in one place above the ground. And then... Um, from his recollection, the struts at the bottom of the craft were gone, whether they had retract or retracted or disappeared or whatever, that somehow uh, they were gone. So it was just a smooth uh, aluminum, aluminum uh, object uh, just kind of sitting up there. And then he said that the craft then moved away uh, to the southeast uh, for about 15 or 20 miles until it disappeared from sight. And like he's, pretty shook at this point in time because then he like he beelines it back to his car and hops on the radio and asks the dispatcher like look out your window can you see this and then the dispatcher's like I don't know what you're talking about he's like what are you seeing he's like I don't know like an air balloon or something like that like this doesn't make any sense yeah, how and fast did it travel did, did he, he didn't it doesn't seem like it said like it like vanished over the horizon. Like it seemed like he watched it. Just, it, it yeah, it go. didn't. It didn't just like instantaneously move. I mean, he just kind of described watching it as it just kind of traveled fast enough to kind of just go fifteen or twenty miles over the horizon. Then just that was it until it was out of sight. Um, so yeah, it, it, Zamora is you know uh, understandably shook by what he has seen. Um, and so one of the first people that he calls to come in and, you know, back him up is he calls New Mexico State Police Sergeant Sam Chavez, who is a, he's yeah. a both a professional and a personal um, acquaintance of uh, Zamora. Like they had worked together, they knew each other, like they were friends. Um, and so he called him just to, to get somebody over there that he knew and that and he, he trusted could, you know, talk right to. like yeah, a trusted right. source that's not like it's to be honest like it'd be like it'd be like if i saw something, something shitty or crazy i it's not like i'm gonna call like if i if i called someone i didn't know they would potentially think i'm bullshitting but if i called you know one of you three to be like listen what then i'm gonna absolutely tell you absolutely know you're bullshitting <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is just another one of your fucking tall tales yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before yeah. we get into what he he and Sam Chavez talked about, why don't we take a quick beer break? Let's do it. We'll be right back. Woo! 
so where we left off, Zamora, after just seeing some shit, he's calling his good buddy, uh, police sergeant Sam Chavez, uh, to come and assist. And you know, you know, he wants to vent to him obviously about what he just saw. <laughs> uh, yeah, like we said before, uh, Zamora and Chavez are on personal terms. Like they're both friends, and uh, Chavez is has described Zamora. You know, in in documentaries and interviews and stuff, you know that he describes Zamora as being a, a trustworthy police officer and somebody who is not prone to making up stories. Uh, you know, so he's not he's not the type of guy that's going to just make something up just to to goof around or um, you know get well, attention or something like that. He, he, to be honest, and to be honest, like again, people are like, yeah, that doesn't mean shit. But it's like you know what if like. If you're a police officer and that's your career, you're a career police officer, and you make up a hoax like this, like the the you run the risk of like losing your career mm-hmm. because you're lying. Because if you're lying about this, you can't be trusted with other shit. So it's like to me, I'm like, is is there police officers who would fucking go ahead and lie? And I'm like, yes, we see it all the time. To be, you know, oh, yes, I did find those drugs there. You know, like, oh, I didn't hit him that many times. Those kind of lies, 100%. For a, just a cop to just be like, hey, randomly lie about this, it's, to me, I'm like, the risk reward, like, is way and, off balance because you're like, what are you getting from this if this is the hoax? But not even that, too. It's not like he's he's not hopping on dispatch and being like, I saw an alien. No, I saw, no, no, you know, no. like he's like, I don't know what I saw. I don't understand what this is. This is fucking weird. Like, well, I, I don't see any angle where this guy would benefit from fucking making the story up. No, no, definitely not. So the, uh, Zamora at this point is still uh, visibly, he's still shaken uh, from the, the event. And, and Chavez has to kind of like coax him into going down to where the craft actually was. Um, uh, some reports have Zamora being uh, like hesitant to kind of go down, like not really sure of what he saw and being kind of, I, I don't want to go down there I, just because of what I saw. Um, smells like a smart man. <laughs> and, so, but they, you know, he manages to get him down there and they go and they, and they survey the, the scene of, of where the craft had been and then had lifted off the ground. So what they find is they find that apparently they're reported to have found these, uh, indentations on the ground. So four indentations, um, that measured around like, is it, it was like eight, like eight inches, like eight, eight inches long, nine wide, Nine deep. Yeah, I think that's uh, thirteen hundred centimeters or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the conversion. <laughs> uh, and um, and so they they find that they find uh, apparently like some of the um, you know some of the st- like a lot of disturbance around the ground. There's some there's some signs of, of stuff being kind of uh, some singeing or, or um, some kind of like heat, smoldering kind of going yeah, around. Like, well, and then like I was reading one account too that they said that the ground had been compacted so so hard that it's almost looked like a glass-like texture. Yeah, so it's been some like, like um, heat blasted the whole yeah, surface. Like, well, yeah. Some well, it's interesting because it's, it's almost like it's almost like he contacts this buddy of his from another department to come here to be like, I need you here to verify this so that people like you know me to not be a bullshitter, so that when we report this out, people don't think I'm full of shit. Like that's yeah. to me what it seems like. He's looking yeah. for a well, and then it, little backup, little. 
Well, and by all accounts, like everybody that ended up coming, because it went, you know, eventually more people came to the scene, more Socorro mm-hmm. officers ended up showing up. And one of them actually said that uh, the bushes were smoldering, like someone cut them uh, from the top with some big flamethrower. Lonnie was as white as a corpse, and he ain't exactly no f- pale face normally. He was sweating <laughs> like a spent horse, but it was a cold sweat. Yeah. So he shook. Yeah, he yeah. shook, and there's fucking, you know, like you got burning bushes everywhere. Like, oh. Well, again, oh, the, gra- the gravity maybe this of was like, Jesus. Jesus. Maybe lo- the oh, burning Moses. bush. Moses was the burning bush. Yeah. Oh, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> he lost his opportunity. Moses, Jesus, who gives boat. a shit? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> tell him how to build a tabernacle. There's a couple of this. <laughs> the, it, the thing for me is, I'm like, too, like, if you think you saw this, like, truly, like, you can't, the one thing you can't fake are like signs of like shock, like that, where you're just like, ghostly white so it's like the that to me is like the gravity of this man has just seen something where he's now starting to question what did i see who was that and then it's probably changing his whole outlook on life right now of just like were these aliens did i see aliens did i see what i think i saw right like it's the the impact of actually seeing that and then knowing firsthand like where you're just like, it It doesn't matter if anyone ever believes me. I know, I now have knowledge that we are not alone. Like the shit, the impure like impact of that on you must be huge when you, if that happened to you. Yeah. Like well, where you're just like, he's I've convinced seen that it was aliens though. Right. right? Like, just a lot of just times the he... fact that you're seeing something that I can't explain from my frame of reference. Like I have That's no terrifying. idea like yeah. what I just saw. Like I saw these small looking people over there hop into a metal egg, drift, go up into the sky and take off. And I have no idea how any of that works. Mm-hmm. And j- just having to explain that to people, um, yeah, would put me on edge. Just being like, I don't, I don't know how to explain any of this. I, I don't know what I saw. Um, you know, so having people kind of come in and, and, and back and up and like, did I really see did, something? Yeah. <laughs> and then because you would be questioning everything because like you'd, you're now having other people come in. You're like, Am I crazy? Did I see this? Did I see what I think I saw? Are these people going to be judging me? Are they like, I, I imagine this, the gravity of the situation is almost probably overwhelming. Yeah, and luckily, luckily for Zamora, there were actually quite a bit of other witnesses to this event. Right. And and we have like, and we also have like, there was physical evidence. There was physical yeah. evidence of something, which is a lot of, you know, a lot of kind of UFO uh, sightings, you really don't have anything to go on besides nope. like, I saw something. I saw something. I saw something. It was like, this big. It was this fast. It was yeah, this color. It was this light. Color. It was this light stood here for a second, took off. Okay. Um, but this one, you know, they have actual physical evidence on the ground that you can touch and feel and look at and, and interact and examine. So the very next day, April 25th, they had military investigators out on the scene. Um, it's not that unusual, uh, I would say, because uh, they were sent by the the nearby White Sands Army Base. So, you know, people aren't familiar with White Sands, like we've talked about a couple times. Um, it's famous for being where the first atomic bomb test, uh, Trinity, uh, occurred. It's where they test detonated yeah. there. Um, you got you it, got shit around this area. So, where there, if someone's reporting something unidentified that the military didn't know about, I am sure they are fucking more than interested, especially at this time, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Cold War. Well, maybe yeah. they're maybe they're heading back to prevent the the testing of the atomic bomb. <laughs> so um, they just missed it by got their timing yeah, wrong. Missed it they by missed a decade, it, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, Mr. Happens. Great Decades. Yeah, so that, that test was on point July 1945. Yeah, <laughs> like, happens. Missed it. I mean, time travel um, is probably not an easy thing. You just set the dial just wrong. You get 20 years off. Yeah, you're like, fuck. <laughs> Um, so the person they send uh, on to to go ahead and get the on-site information is Army Captain Richard T. Holder, and he was the uprange commander. And Dick Holder. Was... Yes. Did you just say his name <laughs> is Dick Holder? Yes. <laughs> that yeah, is yeah. quite. I love how they add the e in there to try to throw you off, so you don't make T. the connection that his name or your T, so you don't make the name. Dick Holder, but yeah. let's just refer to him as Dick Holder from yeah. here on out. I'm also familiar with the, uh, you know, the military culture, so I'm sure he got so much shit for that <laughs> until he <Yeah>. fucking, <laughs> like, until he made, uh, probably made lieutenant, probably, didn't get, he probably got a bunch of shit for it. So, um, <laughs> uh, so along with uh, Army Captain Holder, uh, they Holder. sent... <laughs> They sent FBI agent uh, D. Arthur Burns Jr. Uh, from the Albuquerque office. So you had a bunch of federal people coming down, military and federal authorities coming in to, to kind of check this out. So um, surprisingly enough, uh, it was kind of interesting because so the Lonnie Zamora case is actually featured on an episode of the old Unsolved Mysteries TV show. Phenomenal. I watched Phenomenal. it. it was amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love the great, scene where... The, it, the ship's blasting off and it's like, boy, he's like, ah, I'd mind the car. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, yeah, anything with Robert Stack, fantastic. You know, great Ultra Magnus. Um, you know, whatever. You can listen to him talk all day. Um, and so uh, on that episode of Unsolved Mysteries, um, uh, Captain Holder uh, actually was on there and gave, uh, for the first time, an, an interview and spoke publicly about arriving on the scene um, of the the Zamora incident, as it's kind of the Lonnie Zamora incident, as it's now kind of known. Um, uh, he talks about how originally uh, his first thought was so, it, it was something that had come from the range, like it was it was something like a missile test or something had gone, you know, like gotten the guidance system got messed up, you know, wind shear, whatever. But it was something that had come from their base and just had shot off course and, and hit there. And that was his first time. Um, when he got there, he said that the first thing that he noticed is what the, were those indentations on the ground, these uniform indentations uh, sitting in a kind of like a, I think they were about like 90 degrees from each other, just sitting there. Yeah, that's weird. In the ground. And then Missiles he also noticed- land. <laughs> <laughs> And then he also noticed, or he took notice of the, the scorch areas and the brush surrounding the area. And the reenactment is great because they have the guy who's playing- Older, like walk around and like grab some branches off a bush and like put them in his mouth. And he's like, "Those are burnt." Yeah, I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, why would you have to put them in your mouth?" <laughs> that's about, that's, everyone knows that's the way you got you got to taste it. You're like, "Like, oh, this looks burnt." Like, you know, you kind of rub it on your fingers, like get some ash on it. No, you got to stick it in your fucking. Yeah, he's like, mouth. "I know, I know what burnt food tastes like." I wonder I if he told them that he did that or they shot that and we're just like, "Yeah, do that." Like, well, he's <laughs> tasting for accelerants, right? Like, he wants to know what. Okay. Honestly, what let, let's, let's be this? real. Yeah, and, and to be honest, because it's like actors reenacting, I'm sure they do shit to like make each other laugh on set. They're like, "Yeah, throw that in, fuck it." <laughs> right? like, uh, uh, so they went in and they investigated. They couldn't really find much. They they documented what they could. They wrote down what there is. It didn't seem like anything. You know, anybody was in any immediate danger from from what had happened. Um, and, and then the very next 
the day after that, um, in April 26, you had Major William Connor from Kirtland Air Force Base and Sergeant David Moody, who were also in the area on temporary duty status. Um, they investigated for Air Force Project Blue Book, um, and they came Shit. in. Uh, so they they also came in and they came uh, along with you know Dr. J. Allen Hynek actually arrived two days later. Who we've talked on April about tons of times. So and and so Hynek came in. There's like I mean this is an official. A lot of people like this is one of the better um, or you know one of the kind of definitive cases from. Uh, Project Blue Book. Um, this is one of the more popular cases of one of those ones that, you know, they have the uh, 300 and some that are just five, unknown. The 5% unexplained. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Hector uh, Quintanilla Jr., who used to be, who was the former head of Project Blue Book, has spoken about the Lani Musamora incident and, and how it relates to Project Blue Book. And, you know, he's quoted as saying that everything that was humanly possible to verify was checked. You know, they brought in the Geiger counters from Kirtland, uh, brought in Geiger counters from Kirtland Air Force Base to test for radiation and landing area. They, uh, they took soil samples and they sent those off to the Air Force uh, mat- uh, Materials Laboratory. I mean, they did everything that they possibly could. And and even though you had the, the soil analysis disclosed that there was no real foreign material present in, in those samples and that the, the radiation there would just seemed normal for what would be in that yeah, area. But like that to me, that just says if, if there was something there, whatever took off didn't leave anything behind that was foreign and whatever it was, wasn't radioactive. Right. Like it's like they like when you read this and some of the things they make it sound like this is somehow discrediting this. I find that sometimes the way way it's written, this part is it's discrediting. And I'm like, I don't think this is discrediting it at all. It's it's just saying that it's not whatever it was was not radioactive. And from their looking around, they couldn't find anything that wasn't from the fucking branch tasting. Yeah. From the branch tasting, like "Mm." Nothing extraterrestrial here. Well, listen, like, let's, I I question all these guys' fucking ability to observe to begin with. If you got to taste the fucking burnt branch, don't it's burnt. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Burnt. Um, Overdone. Crisp. Yeah. Uh, And Kitania kind of went a little bit further uh, talking about pretty much like what they had to go on was what Lonnie Zamora saw. And so, you know, he's quoted as saying, there's no doubt that Lonnie Zamora saw an object which left quite an impression on him. There's no question about Zamora's reliability. He is a serious police officer, a pillar of his church, and a man well-versed in recognizing airborne vehicles in the area. He is puzzled by what he saw, and frankly, so are we. Mm. Um, you know, and kind of in the conclusion of like, you know, talking about this, uh, continue, I kind of summed it all up and he said, this is the best document case, documented case on record. And still we have been unable in spite of thorough investigation to find the vehicle or other stimulus that scared Zamora to the point of panic. So, um, boom, mic drop. <laughs> wild. It's wild. Like this guy uh, you know, it's got to be a little bit of vindication for them where they're like, there's there's people who research this stuff who are like, yeah, we don't know either, man. Like, yeah, we can't, we can't, di- like, we can't disprove what you saw. Yeah, we, we've investigated yeah. hundreds of these sightings and this one. They can't I, disprove it, but can they cover it up? Oh. Because that's what, 
Oh. I saw when I was doing a little bit of digging. A little digging? Right. So when what I was you, reading about it, remember, remember that logo that you pulled up, Braden? Yeah. The ATT ripoff. So if you, well, there's a reason why there's two of them. Because supposedly, um, Zamora states that Holder had reported <clears throat> him or informed him that he was to tell all reporters and anyone else that it was a different logo and like gave him an example of the logo. So not the rounded one that looks like ours, but the other one. This one. On the left. Yeah. He told them, he's like, this is the one that you're going to use to tell reporters and everyone else, this is what you saw, which is a little bit bizarre. And then supposedly when they went back to the scene, all that, the glass-like material that, that was created that they all witnessed was all gone. And um, one of the police officers, uh, what's his name? Give me one sec. Ted Jordan. Uh, he worked for the Sakaro police and he was one of the like third or fourth on scene. His job was to go and take pictures for evidence of the scene. And supposedly, he got on camera what looked to be maybe like possible footprints at the scene, mm. right? Maybe those beings that they saw. Uh, those The camera was confiscated because they wanted to go through it. And then they were told he would get it back. When he asked for it back eventually, they said, oh, all the photos were destroyed due to radiation. Classic. I feel like we've heard that before on a case, a similar thing where they've confiscated and then ruined the footage. Like, whoops. Probably a bunch. Accident. But that that's interesting because, like, to me, like, when you look at if there was glass left behind as reported, it wouldn't surprise me that an agency would collect it all for analysis. Right? Yeah. So, like, it's gone. And, like, whether or not they they are actually true to, like, letting us know what their findings were just like nothing, right? Like that's where it's like, are they, are we getting all the information from this? But like when you, because now like the blue book, the, the entire blue book, well, I'm sure some of the stuff's redacted, but the reports on this have been released, right? Yeah. And there are tons of photos of that scene. I don't know if these are the photos that they, that they confiscated from the cop, but they have like tags on them saying possible footprints, um, stuff like that on them. So they say, they say that the photographs were ruined because of radiation. Yeah. yeah, and then they said there wasn't a ton of radiation at the scene. No no abnormal amounts of radiation, but yet it's ruining cameras. Well, even because I just quickly, because I read this a while ago, I, I think I, I remember reading it when we d talked about the moon, fake moon landings, about how like the yeah. ra radiation should ruin the film. It can be protected, blah, blah, blah. But if it does get exposed to radiation, it's unprocessed. The, fi the film it, it still can still be developed, but it causes like a radiation fog on the film. Yeah, I mean, people. Oh, okay. You can look up the the photos that they took of the original like Chernobyl reactor core meltdown. Like you can see, those are examples of like radiation, like that fog of, is what you're talking about. Yeah, like it, the fog um, imprints over like the. It's like a static. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. over the picture. So it's like, but it also would have to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, it has to be concentrated. Yeah, right next to the like. Film. I mean, this this picture I'm talking about. If people look it up, it's like they were right. They were like in the building next to the reactor, like as it was melting down. So it's kind of like it has a lot of heat. Well, yeah. So and, then, and just the, so that just kind of so if they say oh, the film's damaged due to radiation, it's like it's not. You could still you could still see what's on it. It just wouldn't be as clear. So yeah, and like this is for a bad it to excuse. be actually. For it to be actually ruined because of radiation, the level would have to be in absolutely insane. Yeah, whoever took the picture would be melted. <laughs> <laughs> or Hulk. Or Hulk, yeah. You know, yeah. Some type of superpower. <laughs> um, so, so, so cover up, I, so I like it. So if this was a, hey, if this wasn't E.T., 
extraterrestrial presence. Men in black. Been covering it up <laughs> since day one. Yep. Neuralizing, <laughs> racing film, all of the above. Uh, so th there are a couple of explanations that have been posited uh, as a kind of uh, perhaps a source of what Lonnie Zamora saw. And and really, like to most of them, it's like, you know, I mean, you can you can look them up and, we, you know, we'll go through them right here real quick. But a lot of them is like, to me, even me thinking them through, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Even a couple of them don't sit uh, sit well with me. So So one of the more... I think one of the more popular explanations is that um, it, around the same time, 1964, NASA was actually testing uh, the early engineering model of Surveyor, the original yeah. lunar probe that was going to go to the moon um, in 1966. And so the testing was actually performed at Holloman Air Force Base. Now, if you guys are familiar with the the, the structure of like the Surveyor, there's like no, you know, just thinking about it, you're like, there's no, no way semblance like, at all. I was like, no, it's no. all it's all jagged angles. It's you all, wouldn't like, describe like it as there's, an smooth metallic egg. Mm, no, and yeah. especially that, you know, the struts, especially when the, the surveyor is like two separate pieces. It's like there's the bottom platform part that is, is, is you know, that when the lunar, when they're done and they get in back into the, the module, like the module blasts off and you leave the platform behind. So it's like that would have been left there. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's still on the moon. Yeah. And like, and, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and the other thing is, it would have been fucking slapped with NASA logos all over. It. <laughs> and well, right? not like, necessarily yet. If it's yeah, I think, flags, I think even I NASA. think even, I think even in a test run, it would have had that shit on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And I don't think they would have been like well, oh, either would have <laughs> fly it away. <laughs> either would have had uh, NASA logos or swastikas on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so what, if it, so, let's say if they're testing it at Holloman. Did they just go off course and they landed not too far away from yeah, the, it's like, the really, highway? It's kind of far though. It, it's like it is way like all, even Holloman Air Force Base is like a way away, and it's like you would it's, have to. It would be a a monumental nav, nav like navigation major malfunction. Like, yeah, oh yeah. no way! Uh, and also, definitely. fucking Lonnie Zamora would have had it been like his eyesight so bad to be like it's a silver egg. Yeah. No, no, dude, that guy had HD wraparounds. Those green fucking <laughs> aviators they had yeah. on. Like, those like there's, there's just like no way. Like I, I've seen that as like the leading theory. And I'm like, how the, it doesn't even add up. It doesn't even look similar. There's nothing to me that says that it would be uh, the surveyor. None of these do. Uh, <laughs> another, another explanation is possibly, so apparently uh, Linus Pauling, uh, who is a famous chemist? Uh, and he's he's well known apparently in in the chemistry circles as a, he's a two time Nobel Prize winner. He won two one time, for two time. Um, he won one for chemistry, and he won one, an actual like a Nobel Peace Prize. After his death, a letter was found in his files in his personal correspondence in 1968, um, which he had sent to Sterling Colgate, who had been at that time, the president of New Mexico Tech. And he, and so at the bottom, there was a, there was a handwritten reply and there was a postscript in this letter. And Pauline apparently had asked Colgate what the people at New Mexico Tech thought about the Lonnie Zamora incident. Like the actually, you know, it had become popular to that point, you know, 
enough that people kind of around the area knew about it and around the state. And, and Colgate said that he, he Colgate is said to have, have wrote, written back, I have a good indication of a student who engineered hoax. Student has left. Yeah. Cover uh, up. Now, the thing is, I'm like, if you think there's, um, I'm sure in different towns and university towns, in, because like in Kelowna, the engineering program usually does some sort of engineering hoax every year. Uh, most of the time, it has to do with sneaking and they suspend something off the bottom of the bridge. Right? Like, yeah. I can't remember what it's, what it's been in the past, but usually they suspend something. Right. Off the bottom. Uh, That's the engineering hoax. I'm like, the, like, I kind of looked into this because like, what was it? He were, he worked at the campus. Was he a security guard or a teacher or something? He was a security guard. Security guard for many years. Not well liked. Yeah. People hated him. So the, the theory goes that, you know, they were like, we're going to fuck with him. So they got together with all the other students on campus and they set up the, you know, the AV club, you know, the fucking energetics lab had pyrotechnics going off. They had students that, uh, you know, raced through town to get his attention, to draw him out to this location. And then the ship was nothing more than a balloon with a candle in it. Right. And you like, at, at all point, I'm like, what about the this explosion? Is, this is, this is, you know, well, that was just the fucking classic dynamite that everyone had. Uh, <laughs> yes, everybody has on hand in New Mexico. Yeah. Pocket dynamite. Yeah, pocket dynamite. Uh, the thing is, I'm like, okay, sure. Like, if that's, if you're going to tell me that's what it is, this is fucking 19, what, 64? 64. Yeah. If they're going to set up enough speaker system to, like, to actually, they're going to set up a speaker system in the desert to shake Zamora while he's in pursuit of a car on the highway. They're not just packing that shit up and leaving in 1964, right? Like that's station, like that whole, the whole thing of this being some sort of university hoax to me is ludicrous because I, I can't even begin to start piecing together how this would work in any sense of it. Well, and the biggest point <laughs> well, for me- that's why you don't go biggest- to an engineering school. <laughs> It's true. Anyway. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair the biggest enough. thing for me, it's like there, there's no, there's no fucking got you good fucker moment. No, like they don't even know that they fucked with them. Well, well I, what's I the point s- of hoaxing somebody? Well, I would say that that's that's also brought up. Like that 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 it idea is brought up. But then you have the thing: the military and federal authorities showed up the next day. If you hop out and say, "Hey, fuck you, I got you," you've got the FBI and you've got the United States military involved breathing down your neck. So it's probably Upset. something. And you're in a prestigious I, school and you know engineering uh-huh. program. Probably don't want to get involved. <laughs> I'm just saying remember, the uh, likelihood of this is fucking almost no way. Remember like wacky racers and or like better example like James Bond. You remember how he had like oil slicks and everything in his car and guns yeah. and all this other cool shit. Maybe these fucking teenagers they just had a fucking escape mechanism in their trunk. Hit it, fucking thing flies up, goes that way. Cop gets distracted, they get away. Well, it was like yeah, they said they tow like they they said like one of the theories is that it was nothing more than a balloon with a candle that was being towed by a vehicle to make it look like it was taking off. I'm like you would have seen the fucking vehicle. Like it's not, this isn't, none of this adds up, right? To, for me, for, to just be able to be like, it was, a, it was those pesky kids again, pesky kids again. No, that's a very, yeah. I mean, it is, it is a really weird hoax. Cause you're like, 
like okay, no, like uh, like is alien thing big enough to be like, yeah, we're gonna hoax him. Usually, you kind of you want to make it kind of personal. I would imagine. Like it, it just seems like Lonnie Zamora never had. You don't want, mean, you you don't want, never to, really want to embarrass him. Like if right, you're you could embarrass him and stuff, yeah. but it's still like, yeah, you want to kind of do something that's personal and like, like, like Andrew said, I would imagine you want to be something like, haha, got you. Like, remember me, asshole. Like, you know? um, and and none of that because Lenny Zamora is not a person who's ever spoken to UFOs or had you know expressed interest in UFOs to, to most of the reports. I believe um, this was just something that's like, okay, like we're gonna catch him with this alien UFO prank, and it's like that seems kind of out of left field. <laughs> no, the pr- maybe yeah. they left like maybe they left way more evidence than they had planned to because they were going to play this prank on him. He's going to freak out say I saw aliens and assume nobody was going to believe him. So everybody thought he was crazy. But people actually believed him because they saw evidence when they came to the scene. Well, if they didn't want evidence, yeah, they wouldn't have lit the fucking bush. <laughs> lit up the fucking forest. Yeah. Well, they, the candle. Things got a little the candle. crazy. You know what's candle. funny about yeah. the, the description about the the balloon with the candle is ex- that's the exact same description that David Weiss or Weiss said about the flat Earth. Why rockets were fake? They're nothing more than a, fi- a, a balloon with a firecracker attached to the bottom. Mm. Yeah, seems legit. so. It could be a flat yeah. Earth hoax too. Same time. No, it's good. <laughs> um, one of the one of the more interesting explanations that I came across, or kind of thing that has a little bit, a few more kind of moving parts to it. Apparently. There is there is some people who think that this was this whole event was created uh, or thought out by the mayor of Socorro. Like this was a, it was an event that he had kind of masterminded in order to drum up tourism. And so, like Socorro, the population of Socorro has like never cracked ten thousand. It's like a mining town. There's fucking nobody there. Like it's. <laughs> Um, so the evidence to support this is there. There are um, there are a couple newspaper clippings from 1965 about an 80 minute documentary film on UFOs that was titled Phenomena 7.7, and was actually put into production by a Hollywood studio named Empire Film Studios. And from what I can see, like I Googled this and it's like, it's on AMC. Like it's on like this, this film at some point somewhere, like there's documents that it did exist. Um, And and this film is actually even mentioned in a 1965 correspondence, uh, which was written by J. Allen Hynek, Project Blue Book. Um, uh, The the film's producer, Michael Musto, actually sent a letter uh, talking about the film to the mayor of Socorro, um, who who is named uh, Holm O. Bersram Jr. There's a lot of juniors. (laughs) There's a lot of juniors. Uh, Think about it. Naming your kid junior back in the day was a lot more common. Yeah, so um, so Musto, uh, the the producer, um, stated... Uh, Phenomena 7.7 is now completed. It will be viewed by countless millions of people throughout the world. It will open the doors to facts heretofore shrouded in secrecy. It will prepare the entire human race for a better knowledge (laughs) of the universe and possible neighbors who have been observing our Earth for centuries, you know? Yeah. Um, Then the U.S. government was like, nah, no, it won't. (laughs) Or it's, you know, that's basic promo stuff that it's like, this stuff's going to change the world, which is, you know, I've heard that stuff before. Um, and, and and so Project Blue Book um, actually uh, in, in their files actually contain Doctor Doctor Hynek's letter um, on his uh, 1965 Socorro visit, uh, and he wrote 
in regards to uh, Sergeant um, Sam Chavez that uh, Chavez had told him that Zamora didn't want to be in the picture. Um, but it was actually at the mayor's insistence that he had the mayor had put pressure on Zamora's boss um, to, to pre to, to, you know, to try and coax uh, Zamora into doing so, into taking part in this, in this documentary. Um, and, and Heineck said, I, I can't really believe this, that, that Zamora was, uh, against his will was put in this film um, because he got the impression when he talked to Zamora later, it seemed that Zamora was actually kind of pleased about being in the movie, um, you know, mentioning it in conversation. Um, yeah, so would I. Yeah, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, when Andrew IMD, was in the fucking a wife's f lover or whatever the fuck he was in, he didn't uh, shut up for a year. Yeah, but hey, I still got those headshots. Right? See, here we go again. Right? So, why wouldn't well, you be excited? Really. Sorry. Really. Just, sorry that I'm kind of famous. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, whatever you say, Zamora. I'm an actor. <laughs> so the film, like, uh, the film was actually set to be shown for the first time in Socorro, um, but did not really get a wide release as it had been anticipated. The film, the film to this day, has never been found in any archives or records since then. Like it was, got a, it was, it was the movie vers version of the Polybius here. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, apparently there was, there was a couple of small releases in, in a few of kind of, you know, scheduled lectures of those things. And there was actually, so it went uh, straight to DVD. Something like that. Um, and, but there was, uh, there was actually a NICAP. People remember NICAP, you know, the, the, the progenitor of uh, of MUFON, um, a civilian UFO investiga investigation organization, um, that, that they had had some members who actually uh, watched it, and and they they actually had kind of negative things to to say about it. Uh, apparently, bastards. that this apparently this film to them or the, the people who are watching it, they they seem to get the idea that this this film was very much. Um, very much putting forth a very uh, a commercial kind of message about Socorro. Um, they were saying, you know, it's quoted as saying like it, it shows a lot of motels and restaurant owners is highly pleased that so many tourists are now Listen, coming to see the nobody land. Nobody wants to buy. Nobody wants to buy the Lonnie Zamora action figures. All right, no need for the ad at that. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and so there, the mayor's <laughs> like, I want the, I want the tourist info stocked with these. Um, and apparently there, there was a bit, um, and, and there's a bit more to it. Um, but just, just to kind of give an overall kind of, a and you know, sum up the whole thing, the whole drama thing is that apparently like there was, there was some dispute as to whether NICAP was directly involved in the, in the production of the movie. Like there, there was something about either Musto or some of the other production, uh, had mentioned in the promo and the promotions being like NICAP endorsed this, or, you know, endorsed by NICAP, blah, blah, blah. And NICAP being like, no, um, a Musto <laughs> or one of the other producers was involved in, in NICAP, he was a member, but we didn't know he was making a movie uh, until like it came out, and now you know yeah. we see it, and, and we're we're not we're not happy about it, but we're not we weren't involved officially in the production it's, of it, this. You think film, that's why they're mad? May or may they not exist officially. At this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. We don't know. Like to be honest, look for it. Like hashtag fucking look it up. You can't find that shit anywhere. 
Uh, but I will say, like, in 1966, you know, two years after that, the president of Socorro County's Chamber of Commerce, Paul Writings, actually proposed developing the site of Zamora's uh, encounter uh, to make it more accessible to tourists. I assume putting in more than just, like, a, a gravelly road and a, <laughs> a steep hill to, to Make get a into monument it. in the middle of the desert in Socorro. Be a good, it's good for right, tourism. Yeah. I'd do the yeah, same. Yeah, it would be a what's the what's the Roswell town we went to or the Area Fifty One town we went to? Rachel, Rachel, yeah. Rachel, yeah, Rachel, Nevada. Dude, yeah, without Area Fifty One trailers and a sixteen trailers and a restaurant. Yeah, Rachel, Nevada. Yeah, but that restaurant dead. was ran by a mercenary. The, yeah, by the Mersk. That was still one of the strangest things that happened to us. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very fucking odd. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the Area Fifty One recap. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so um so those are pretty much the 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 big explanations people try to explain this uh as to to, to what it is so either it's a it, it is a um you know it was an actual thing the, the the lunar lander um it being a uh some type of hoax or it being just a completely fabricated event uh you know at the behest of the the mayor uh maybe trying to get in on a bit of the you know Roswell's uh, Roswell coattail, you know, ride in on the the Roswell yeah. train, get a get a piece of that uh, action. Uh, so, well, I mean, um, or could simply be aliens. Sure, hundred percent. Or it could simply <laughs> like we sure it's NASA testing the, the lunar lander or something, but maybe it's just a military like experimental craft. We had at this time we had all those crazy UFO looking experimental crafts. That never really flew that well, so maybe mm -hmm. they, it was at, they flew it from Holloman. They kind of crashed it a bit, or <laughs> there was a massive backfire. It dropped out of the sky. That was the explosion. Yeah. They managed to get, get it, it going again. Get it going again. They take off, and then yeah, they come they back. See they Lonnie. They're like, oh fuck, get in the crowd. <laughs> go, 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 go. And then go. they come back. They, they who, clean, they who clean are the scene. The most expendable people we've got. Oh, Children. Short, guys. Let's send them. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're probably the only ones that would fit. And so, some of those experimental yeah. crafts are like. Yeah, the, <laughs> the specs are you had to be five, five feet, one hundred and twenty pounds just to fit in the fucking thing or something. Yeah, and then and from, so, yeah, and from a distance, <laughs> like, like a small person from a distance, like that's a child. Like, <laughs> so it could be exper yeah. experimental aircraft, because as far as like e people say, it's like the the best evidence of like ET craft. But I'm like, this doesn't it doesn't check any of the boxes of. The ET craft we always talk about, like the UFOs, it doesn't have like the warping of time and space, or there's no instantaneous movement. No, yeah. the, and like so, like an actual propulsion, like burnt on the ground, makes it seem like yeah, like some type of like a jet or something of that nature, because they yeah, had, and it, it. The only th the other thing around like, this time was uh, what what year was uh, Rendlesham? Because that was another thing with the landing prints. And like that was oh, kind of right. similar. Rendlesham. Well, let me type that in. Quick Google eyes. It's been a long time since we did did Rendlesham, but that that landing was very similar. Is uh, it did have December 26, 1980. So late later on, but it, it had actually imprints on the ground, and seemingly some type of evidence of something that took off in the area. So that, who knows? But yes, it doesn't seem like a super advanced interdimensional or intergalactic craft. Unless, unless, like we, Andrew said it earlier in the episode, so they're they have like a mothership. Let's say it's invisible; we can't see it. But they, when they want to come to Earth, they use something that 
that we use, like technology we use to kind of try and blend in a little bit, let's say. Maybe this, yeah, poking around. Or they're, they're in, investigating the dynamite shacks. Like, what are these, what's wrong with these people? You can't just keep these out in the fucking, in the elements. And they're, what were they no, thinking? these were the, <laughs> these were the, uh, the, the Acme Coyotians and they had to, they have to fight their interstellar war against the Roadrunner civilization. So it's they deeper get as than much we all know. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's uh, Lonnie's definitely. He was shook. Seems like he's hundred percent telling. He's yeah. he's a straight shooter. Say just telling it as it is. Shooter. Yeah. yeah, and and like we said, this this case is very interesting for the fact that it is like an official one that the um you know one of those official five percent of cases that went unsolved in Project Blue Book. Um, and that the that the department went on to, to to actually speak of and reference and be like that we just we don't we don't know um, we did all the tests that we could and we didn't find anything but Zamora saw something he saw something and we just we don't know what it is yeah so you know to actually just admit that and whether and, that's like you know, it's them just being like you know I, I it's it's hard to to be like. They say they don't know. Maybe they actually don't know. And just you can don't also know. be, well, yeah. the military is covering it up. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, it's it's one of the two. So, I mean, you can believe whatever you want. Um, but it is like, maybe they really don't know. Just and then, no yeah, idea. Maybe they do. And they just covered it up. Um, it, but it is, yeah, it's, again, it has a lot of moving parts to this case. And it is kind of fun. Um, it is it is a good um, Unsolved Mysteries uh, thing. And Zamora, Zamora has never really... Zamora spoke about it in his interview in the Unsolved Mysteries, you know, talking about kind of like, you know, he got shit for it. Like, he got shit for this whole thing. Like, people calling him up, trying to talk to him, whatever. And he kind of just like, he, re- uh, shortly after this, he just refused to talk about it. He just didn't. Yeah, he, he resented didn't, it. Yeah, he didn't he want to talk over, about it yeah. anymore. Like, he didn't want to talk. He was showing up at his house. They were calling him. Yeah. They were approaching him in public. Like, he's like, I don't want to talk about yeah. this. So, yeah, so, um, you know, Zamora has it's moved on to that. But, you know, he's still, ta- it still made an impact on him. And still, like, in the Unsolved Mysteries and stuff, and- he still talks about it. And he's still kind of like, I saw something. I don't know what it is. And that's just it. And people believe me. People don't believe me. That's that's all I can really do. But the, again, the thing, the 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 crowd that says that maybe he perpetuated the hoax or lied. To what end? Like that's the thing. Like what 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 do you get out of that? Right. Well, it seems uh, like a really, you know, when people kind of involve the the mayor in, in that in that in that theory um it is a very like a harebrained scheme like to me yeah it's something that's kind of like it's like yeah, was well, this fucking mayor quinby or what yeah, yeah. it's like what like yeah Fuck. it just <laughs> like, it just doesn't end up the, i i'm a firm believer of there was something something landed that we don't know what it was in zacoro yeah. new mexico um, it's very it's very did, it's very scooby-doo <laughs> it's very scooby-doo we're gonna yeah. do the mayor did it there's the mayor the whole time <laughs> trying to drum up tourism for his new oil yeah. drilling project and he would have got away with it if yeah. it wasn't for you know, pesky <laughs> military and police officers yeah. doing your jobs uh pesky it, Lonnie zamora <laughs> it's it's uh you know it's interesting the pr- the propulsion on the craft i chalked that up to lonnie was just lanny or lanny lonnie he was just chalking that up to trying to explain it the best he could with what he knows. But that doesn't mean that this thing was jet propelled or, you know, combustion engine like we we know today. You know, maybe it was something completely different that 
that's just the closest thing that he could, you know, make sense of. Perhaps. Cool case, though. Let us know what you think. Hell yeah. And if uh, you haven't heard, we briefly mentioned Rendlesham. That's go way back to case file 61. Woohoo! Way back Ooh. in the day. Fucking hashtag, Rend- check it out. Rendlesham Forest. All right, and if you're not supporting the show by now, double barrel. Do it. Listen. <laughs> listen. At this point, you guys already fucked us because we're not getting hair. We've realized it's it. Too so late. listen. Join Patreon so we can get some nice razors so we can keep yep, these we've domes. We've lowered our expectations. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We want to keep these domes nice and chromed. So, so donate to Patreon today. Get the glare off? Is there yeah. anything like yeah. some cream? We need, we need head wax or whatever. We <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, got, we, need, we need powder to like make get the glare yeah. off, you know, keep it you know, yeah. nice and smooth. So now it's, yeah, we need we need some, we need money for, bl- for filters to get rid of the glare or some wax or something. We need sick workout headbands now to keep the sweat from <laughs> pouring off of our heads. Yeah. Our yeah. Eyes. LeBron While James. we're theorizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know where to do. Go to support us. Aliantheorist.com. Hit that support tab and exchange for a little bit of support. We're going to offer you back hundreds of hours of bonus content, early, early access to all the case files, ad-free, all the bonus stuff we've ever done. It's a simple trade. Help your boys out. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Andrew, start us off on a couple names. All right, so we got our newest supporters, Courtney White, uh, Stefan Petkus, Petkus, Maisie Foster, Woo! Sean Fazzani, yeah. and Kaylee Welch. And we got Swayze Subbin for the Nookie. <laughs> nice. Lucumus. Mike. That's cool, man. Lucumus. That's dope. Michael. Ervit Liger Rider Liger Rider Like oh. it Hey and a special Shout out to uh, um, Long time Listener of the show uh, Who recently was hit by a car Noah We hope you uh, Recover Bro, What? And you get better uh, while How you're... bad? Ah. I put yeah. Is he alive? He's alive Yeah he's, he's alive. checked he's, out He's, he's okay He's, he's fine He's it was like Holy a couple shit. weeks ago now, but hey, yeah, he's he's fine. Oh, he up, buddy. <laughs> he's like Iron Man or Superman. He's yeah. back. He's going he's coming back. Right. Speedy recovery, brother. He's gonna he's gonna call in Cosmic tra- Channels all drugged up. So, anyways, uh, we hope you get better. Uh, we hate to hear it. Uh, hopefully, you can binge a lot of the episodes you're missing. Hell yeah, man! All the best. And why don't you go find a T-shirt, whatever? Pick a T-shirt if you want on our website. Pick a we'll T-shirt, any T-shirt. Share a post. You know, do what you can to help alien theorists theorizing. Uh, We appreciate it. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes.